You're listening to an exclusive podcast with the UCLA Radio News team. Welcome back to The Weekly, a UCLA Radio News production. Hey there, I'm Allison, and today our team of reporters tackled stories regarding one of the most prominent features of UCLA's campus, student advocacy. Paying for college can be hard on many students and families, but it definitely shouldn't have to be. Jared sat down with a student who's trying to lower the cost of college with grassroots action starting on UCLA's campus. Hi, this is Jared Caceres reporting for UCLA Radio News. Today we are talking to Jasmine Rivera. Jasmine had just returned back from a lobbying trip from Sacramento to discuss proposed changes to financial aid. There she talked to state senators and attempted to give public comment. So Jasmine, what was this trip about? Yeah, so a group of us UCLA students traveled to Sacramento this past Tuesday, February 26th, as there was a committee discussing newly proposed bills that would affect financial aid. The committee included the UC Regents Board and a few California senators in charge of education and finances. So our role as student lobbyists was to give a public comment after the committee was held and do lobbying drop-ins afterwards, which is essentially where we visit our local senator's office and ask them to support these new financial aid bills. So what exactly um, financial aid bills were being discussed? So currently, there are a few bills that were proposed in this new legislative cycle that has to do with financial aids. Um, One of them has to do with community college, another one has to do with the extension of the Cal Grant, and, um, and another one has to do with the holistic approach to our financial aid system, FAFSA. I specifically went in support of Senate Bill 461. Yeah, so how would Senate, um, how would that Senate bill affect UCLA students in particular? So Senate Bill 461 essentially asked for the extension of the Cal Grant, because as it stands right now, the Cal Grant only, uh, if you are a recipient of the Cal Grant, you only get that money during, they're called like regular school terms, so fall, spring, uh, fall, winter, spring. And Senate Bill 461 will extend it to the summer sessions so that students will be able to take summer classes and be financially supported. This affects UCLA students in many ways, one of them being that we are a really big public university. So our enrollment times, enrolling for classes is such a strenuous process and a lot of students aren't able to enroll in the classes that they need on time. So it affects their graduation day, it affects their ability to pick up another major, pick up a minor. And if p- students had the option to attend student uh, summer classes, I'm sorry, so, I'm sorry, and um, and get be financially supported, then students will be able to graduate on time, pick up another minor major. It's a big deal for UCLA students. Yeah, as a transfer, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to be able to like get those classes and enroll. And while we did pass our GEs, I know some of my friends, um, a lot of them actually, like suffer from getting like the classes they need to like move up in their major. Yeah, especially since some um, GEs, I know like for stats, stats 10 is a requirement for a lot of students here at UCLA. And for the most part, you really don't get it your first year. And it bars you from a good and like from being able to declare your major and enroll on better classes on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, being able to be financially supported through FAFSA, through the Cal Grant in the summer would definitely help those that need to get those GEs out of the way and 
be able to move up in their major. Um, so personally, why did you choose to go on this trip? So personally, I chose to go on this trip because I am affected by financial aid tremendously. Um, currently, I'm a recipient of financial aid. I get, I receive a UC grant, but I feel as if though FAFSA really doesn't support me the way I feel I should be because the system is really flawed. It only looks at my the numbers that you input in the system. And my mom is a single mother of four. She works full time. So she makes, by working full time, she makes a good amount of money. And that's all FAFSA really sees, you know? So it doesn't look at all their circumstances. And I really feel like financial aid should be a more of a holistic experience and looking at these circumstances that affect students. That's not just their parents' income. Yeah, well, I feel like um, it, financial aid can just look at the parents' income. I feel like it does leave out a lot of important stuff. Like, I know some people have personal circumstances where their parents don't, while their parents do take make a lot of money, their parents also don't support their kids through college. So um, they just don't receive financial aid and from their parents or from the system itself. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so what, what organization was this trip... Um, run through so this organize the, the trip was run through um the undergraduate student association council here at ucla usac so i traveled with our um, external vice president jamie and a few other students through that organization thank you so much for your time jasmine um i'd love to talk you to you again about more student lobbying um thanks for coming on to ucla radio thanks for having me According to the University Police Department, in 2017, there were 58 reported incidents of sexual assault on the UCLA campus. Andy, Rutik, and Henry discuss how UCLA can take steps to reduce this number and increase transparency around sexual assault on campus. I acknowledge that on some levels, on pure policy levels, UCLA does a lot better than other college Absolutely. campuses. And in terms of, and it's it's a good thing to know that especially when Betsy's coming in and trying to take all this shit away that UCLA hasn't said again and again that they are not going to change their policy to be more lax and that they're going to hold us to that higher standard. There's a lot of ways in which UCLA lets students down though. I think... Um, on levels of, of having a of, of lived experience of hearing other people's stories of going through that process. Um, we're still, I think, very much on the side of um, kind of like doubting someone's story unless they provide absolute proof. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of instances. I'm just going to, and I don't want to say this just to, to, to kind of like start, um, what's the word? I don't... <laughs> I just have heard, um, having talked to the people involved in these cases, that there, especially when student athletes come about, there are payouts. Those things do not go public. It is very questionable what UCLA does in terms of responding um, to to victims and, on our campus. And I'm not impressed. Um, and I and I, I do like Jerry, and I think that that he has has done a lot in the couple of years that he's been here. But I think we got a long way to go. And so I think um, I think UCLA does a lot of talking and there's a lot of town halls and there's a lot of like this kind of like facilitating dialogue type stuff. And that's great. But in terms of action, in terms of funding for research, in terms of responding well to victims, I'm kind of I'm still waiting for UCLA to walk the walk. Mm -hmm. um, just just waiting. 
waiting to see. I mean, UCLA was one of the first cases, and we saw this kind of national wave of Title IX cases about like five or so years ago, which caused UCLA, all of the UCs to revise their, their Title IX um, policies that started at UCLA. So we have a history of this. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to step back for a second and like to hear y'all's opinions. Um, so at the end of the Daily Bruin article, it said that um, some felt that this was a good start to a productive conversation. Um, I just feel like this conversation has been going on for a while. Exactly. <laughs> so We're done talking. Right. No, this conversation has been going on for a while. And in regards to your question about, um, you know, not funding research regarding sexual violence. Um, Andy, you know, probably hinted at it. Like, there, if... UCLA is probably aware of the... Um, people use the phrase sexual um, violence epidemic, right? On campus in regards to um, fraternities, um, especially, um, but also student athletics and um, all, really all over campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Th- Science research could um, shine light uh, on their own campus, on this campus, right? Research could be held on the campus, um, and uh, it could shine light, more light, um, onto this sort of epidemic um, that UCLA would not want really to be out there. Bad PR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being a high-profile school like UCLA, it's really important for them to maintain that image, right? And having any type of research that would show otherwise that we have problems within our own community. Um, would prove detrimental to the public image. But I think looking beyond that, I think them taking public steps to actually do something about it would look even better than keeping this this fake image of them being, of us being a perfect school. Because there's no such thing as a public school and I think everyone, or a perfect school and I think everyone realizes that. Um, Yeah, I definitely I'm not, I, I this is what someone said during the event so I, I don't know if it's actually true or not, but I wouldn't doubt it hearing everyone else's stories but I think if um, and this kind of segues into our next story which is really short but research in general has has so much profound um, importance within UCLA because we use it to form almost every like class or opinion that we um, release like the school that if they release any any op-eds or articles it's based on research now research that there's a sexual violence epidemic as you said at UCLA, would that drop our ranking? Would that decrease our public funding? Th- all these concerns from administration that may be um, being considered, I think, are not important. I think they need to think about the students before they think about funding f- because of that or or public image. Um, I don't really have. I, I'm just a first year, so I don't, I don't really know exactly how how it works just yet. So this is all me just just conjecturing so um yeah do you have any final thoughts on anything uh yeah i'll say i'll say one more thing which i think and we keep using the word epidemic and i think it's a really good word because i I think when we look at these cases ucla really likes to isolate these cases Mm -hmm. and individualize these cases which makes it a lot easier to not look at it as an epidemic and i think the research would point to something which is which is very scary and very real, which is that this is not isolated. This is systemic. This Mm -hmm. is built into how we operate. Um, And that, and no one wants to acknowledge that. It's so much easier to say, well, this sometimes happens, but it's not really about us. Um, And it's not that we encourage this, but kind of is. Um, And yeah, absolutely. Students before funding. I love it. 
But the advocacy this week didn't stop there. Here's Talia reporting on Palestinian Awareness Week. This past week was Palestinian Awareness Week, an event sponsored by the UCLA campus chapter of the Students for Justice in Palestine. There are events held each night of the week, including speeches and cultural events. Additionally, a wall was erected in the center of Bruin Plaza in efforts to educate the campus community about the Palestinian apartheid. I am a board member of Students for Justice in Palestine. This is Palestine Awareness Week. And uh, what we've done is that in Bruin Plaza, we've built a wall that's meant to represent the apartheid wall that Israel has built between Palestine and the Israeli territories. And um, the wall is painted with statistics and facts and the history of the colonial occupation of Palestine. And what we want to do is just spread awareness in the campus community that, yes, there is, oh, um, many people know that uh, there's an Israeli-Palestinian conflict. But a lot of people don't know that it's, it's not just a conflict between two countries or two peoples. It's a colonial situation, right? It's an occupation. And moreover, it's apartheid. Um, the UN Convention on Apartheid specified, um, you know, some defining characteristics, and Israel satisfies most of them. Um, in addition to educating UCLA students about the apartheid, the wall points out the frightening similarities between Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister's wall, and Trump's potential wall along the U.S.-Mexico border, serving as an important reminder for the need to fight supremacy in our home as well as in Palestine. Students across the nation are making their voices heard through various forms of advocacy, and here at UCLA, we are no exception. To keep up with our daily news shows, be sure to tune in at 4 p.m. at uclaradio.com and follow us on social media at UCLA Radio News. I'm Allison. Thanks for listening to The Weekly.